Welcome to the That Pitch Podcast. The That Pitch Podcast helps music producers and artists tap into the world of sync licensing, publishing, music business, and more. So if you're tired of trying to make it and are more interested in making a living, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Mark, the founder of thatpitch.com. Today, I'm joined by my good buddy, Curtis Parks, a music producer based in Richmond, Virginia. Let's by go. Way of Nashville, by way of Nashville, Tennessee, though. Oh, yeah. Um, and he's landed... I mean, you're one of like... You're like one of the OGs for that pitch. You've landed a bunch of placements with us, uh, with us at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, and you just landed more this month, which is great. <laughs> Always a good thing. Always a good thing to land songs. Um, but before we get into that, dude, so you just moved to Richmond. Uh, how long were you in Nashville for? And like what, you know, because you're going from a massive music scene into a smaller music scene, but you seem to be loving it there. Mm-hmm. You know that I don't live in New York, Nashville or LA. So it's always kind of, it's always kind of cool to help everybody know, like there's music scenes all around the world and they're all, oh, yeah. and we're all connected through the internet. So. Yeah, I was in Nashville for uh, five years. I had been in DC for seven years before that. And before that, I was actually in Nashville again. So kind of a collective of 10 years in Nashville, Music City. Um, I was touring with a rock band from 2005 to 2010. Um, And then I moved up to Washington, D.C. in 2010. I joined a church there that has eight campuses. They were meeting in nightclubs, coffee houses, movie theaters. And uh, I oversaw all of the music. We did about nine records during that stint. And uh, we're starting with a major label. It, it was fun. It was really cool. So big songwriting culture up there. And then I moved to Nashville for the second time in 2017. Um, and that was when we actually started a church from the ground up. We were meeting in a music venue slash bar downtown. Uh, really fun time. And then, of course, that whole time I was still traveling, playing music, uh, producing, doing a lot of stuff like with that pitch, of course. And, uh, of course, yeah, of course, <laughs> you know, and, and, and literally dude, um, two weeks ago, uh, well actually no last week. I'm like, what day is it? Last week we moved up to, uh, just South of Richmond, Virginia. It's an area called Chester and Hopewell. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm working at a church here now overseeing the music and, uh, pastoring the team. And, uh, I was just showing, I was just showing you, Mark, uh, some of the stuff that we've got here. We, we run and operate a movie theater. We've got an incredible auditorium, just great facilities, but man, it's the people that make this place special and uh, a lot of musicians, a lot of great people. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Richmond has a dope music scene. In fact, uh, my wife and I, we almost moved here 17 years ago. Richmond is a dope town. It's like one of the most underrated Very cool. cities in oh, America. Yeah. In my opinion. It's so awesome. I, I love, I it, love there, it, dude. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, so it's all fresh, it's all new, and we're uh, we're here for it, man. <laughs> so, okay, question for you. Um, so I know a lot of, so I'm Jewish, but like I know a lot of friends that like you know grew up playing worship music, yeah. and it's kind of cool because you really get like a music education for like contemporary music, like mm-hmm. every Sunday, which is dope, and I, I've always loved that. So, like, I know you kind of went in the route of like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm you know, this is my thing. I'm making a bunch of, of music in this style already. Right. But like what I've always found interesting about you is anytime we've gotten a brief specifically for CCM, for those of you who don't know what CCM is, it's contemporary Christian music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been like, all right, we need, we need Curtis on this. Cause like <laughs> he, he knows this really well, yeah. but you've landed placements in like a plethora of different genres. And 
like this, I don't want to go like straight in the placements, but it's always exciting <laughs> talking about like getting paid and then getting like more residuals and just like building everything. That's why we're here. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's cool because like this month you landed a bunch of piano placements. Mm-hmm. And so do you ever like kind of think, I don't know, do you ever think like CCM is kind of like a header genre and there's so many things that you can make that can make you money that, you know, comes from this one sort of like specialty. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, it makes total sense, man. I mean, you know, growing up, growing up, uh, I, I was kind of like, I mean, my dad started me on piano when I was 11 years old. And I mean, that just kind of was the foundation of everything. Uh, I learned drums, bass, guitar, mandolin, and obviously singing. Um, but really my roots are in piano. I would go downstairs and play on our old attitude upright for hours on end. Hell yeah, and, dude. um, that's honestly like where I just fell in love with music, man. And so, you know, for me, yeah, obviously in church music. So CCM is like second nature to me. Um, but it is very similar to pop and rock and it even has some elements of, uh, you know, folk in there now, but I think there's just, it's a great, um, it's a great learning uh, experience when you learn CCM because it's not your grandma's hymnal. I mean, right. Now, I mean, when you go to church, like we've got, um, you know, two electrics on this weekend, we've got two keys on stages and aux keys, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll play with live drums, percussion. So it's a huge, I mean, it feels very like, you know, people kind of joke around like Coldplay kind of has that worship band sound, but it's true. I mean, uh, it, it kind of has a lot of those pop and rock sensibilities to it. Um, but for me, man, the reason I, I think that I've been able to have some success in like the acoustic and the folk and the classical and even corporate is because they all kind of pull from that overall sensibility of CCM pop rock. And so if you don't uh, go too far out of that framework, I think you're going to find some success in, in all of those fields, man. Yeah. And like you, I mean, just make a lot of music. Like I've always, like anytime we have briefs, you're just always oh, yeah. writing. <laughs> I like there's like the plethora of tracks that you have is just insane. You're just always making mm. like, anytime we have a brief, you're like, all right, I'm doing it. Which, go for it. Yeah. It's just like, that's a lot of people don't like, everybody thinks it's just quality. It's like quality over quantity, but it's both, you know, you, yeah. you need, a lot of tracks and you need a lot of good tracks um, mm-hmm. because they're all, they're all like little rental properties that somebody, you know, can rent out for a little bit or use or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's cool. You have like no ego attached to like any of the music you make. You just make so much <laughs> of it and you're always putting in, um, which is cool. So I kind of want to take it back like a little bit because you grew up, uh, you know, playing in church you got into a rock band. You're what? What? Mm-hmm. You know, were you pursuing, uh, like, you know, building like, uh, you know, a band, like actually, you know, doing the yeah. damn thing, or yeah, um, yeah. And then now you're doing everything. It's it's just dope because like you really diversified. And yeah, so how did all of that happen? Man, I mean, being in Nashville for so long and doing music full time, I mean, you quickly learn like you can't just have one revenue stream and expect to pay the bills. You know, it's like you, you really do have to, you know, kind of get out there and, you know, be somewhat of a, a mini mogul. Uh, you know, you find just different ways to do what you love, get paid for it. And I think for me, you know, going back to 2005, I, I, 
you know, this is before the YouTube era, but I was actually on American Idol way back in the day. Hell um, yeah. Like with uh, Carrie Underwood. So I always joke around that nobody stood a chance. Like Carrie was by far the greatest <laughs> thing of all time. Um, but so going on that show, you know, I really developed this like, oh man, I think I could actually do this. Like, I think I could do music full time. And so I went back to my hometown of Roanoke, Virginia, and just began to like hustle, man, like putting together shows and, and, and then, you know, playing at weddings and, and doing different things uh, to just be able to do music full time, whatever that yeah. looked like. What were your different revenue streams? I'd love to like when you were first starting out yeah. versus like as your career progressed, what what did that look like? Um, how many different things? Because I think we all started like just doing everything we can. And then you start specializing in one thing, seeing yeah. what's making the most sense. But yeah. yeah. I mean, starting off, it was, yeah, anything I could get my hands on. I was playing in some cover bands. I was playing for weddings. Uh, of course, I was leading church music. Um, I would tour a little bit, play youth camps, uh, do some different conference stuff. And then I got into production um, and I realized, man, I started off producing demos for 150 bucks a song back in the you know 2006, 2007. And uh, then I would... I would do one record, buy better mics, buy better pre's, do yeah. another one, charge 300 a song, charge 500 a song. And then just bit by bit, I got to a place where I was able to charge like 1500 a track and people were ready and willing and able to pay that. And um, so, you know, you got to start somewhere. But I think the biggest myth is like, well, I need X, Y and Z to get started. And it's like, no, like you need the skill set. And once you have that, like start with what you have in your hands and just grow from there. And um uh, you know, for me, I've always been um, just very like driven to build relationships, not just to look at people for like what they can pay me or what, what I can get out of them or even what they can get out of me. But like, can there be like a genuine like relationship here? And the cool thing about that is that's when it extends far beyond a project, you know, because when they love you, then they're like, man, I got to tell all my friends, you got to work with Curtis or, you know, I got to tell this person who's looking for a musician, Hey, hire Curtis, you know? So relationship mm -hmm. over just, you know, what I can get out of you. And that's always served me pretty well. I think in the long run. Yeah. I think also, you know, I think the reason why you've done so well is you don't ask for anything from people. You're just planting seeds. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like the age old saying, like, you shouldn't have to hunt for work. You should just always be planting seeds and then you can harvest whenever you want to. That's you know? brilliant. Yeah. So like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I made actually a post yesterday about, you know, I, uh, I was talking to my buddy Randall. I think you might know Randall Foster at Symphonic. I, I know I've seen his name. He's great. Awesome yeah. dude. And, um, he made a post and then like, I kind of made a post talking about that post. And the whole thing is, you know, I've known people from like junior A&R roles when they first got a gig at whatever label and then they moved up and now they're on the executive team. Mm -hmm. You just never know where people are going to end up. And yeah. if you always treat people like, I don't really care what you're going to do for me. How can I just help you? People remember that, especially when they really don't have much to offer, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I know like early on in my career, whether it was drumming or production, you know, touring or, you know, now here I am with sync, I didn't know I was going to end up here. Um, <laughs> like there was a, there was a music licensing company out of London, uh, North note music licensing. They're great. Uh, Adam hmm. runs it. Awesome dude. Love that guy. And, uh, my friend Charlotte, 
who uh, at the time worked at downtown Benelux and Cloud9 um, in Amsterdam. Now she works at Domino Publishing in London. And those were like two of my main mentors early on. And like, mm. they kind of knew I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't really know what I was doing, but we just had really good friendships, just like the same mentality. And any time that they were, you know, dealing with something, the first thing I was like, well, I could, I could do that for you. Like I could help. And, you know, a lot of the stuff I didn't ask for pay or anything. It was just, how can I help? And that mm-hmm. just turned into such great relations. And the next thing you know, like they started asking like, Hey, do you have this kind of music? Cause it's, it's just a trust thing, right. you know? Um, yeah. and that it, it's not just in sync, but it's just the industry as a whole. It's like, mm. we're so lucky to be working here. Like, even if you work really, really hard, like I still think like, you know, you should be extremely like grateful and like, just know that you're lucky to be yeah. here. Cause it's so, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's an like, outlook on like, that's the outlook on life. I mean, just gratitude, not entitlement. Like, man, I'm putting out all these tracks. I better be landing all of the things. I mean, I'm right. just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, you know, 15 tracks at the wall. And if two or three of them land, I'm grateful. If, you know, this month might be a dry month, then I just got some extra practice in for the next one, you know? So right. it's like, yeah, be it's, grateful. It's all, and then it's always like, it's always like burn. You can burn bridges or build bridges and one right. is going to serve you well. And one is going to make no one want to work with you. Yeah. You know, I so. think it's, I think it's also about like, just never, uh, one of my old mentors, he worked at Charles Holloman productions, uh, here in Charlotte. And they actually did voiceovers for like Nemo and like a bunch of like massive nice. movies. Um, it's actually full <clears throat> circle because I didn't realize like how cool commercial music is. Like at the time I was like, this, you know, this shit sucks. But like now, I'm like, <laughs> oh, this is like dope actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he gave me just such great advice and he was like, and I'll never forget it. He's like, never give anybody a reason to talk shit about you, you yeah, know? So like good even, advice. And like, even if somebody does nasty things to you in the industry or whatever, if they ever come up in conversation, just pay some sort of compliment about them. And so mm-hmm. if that person ever get back, gets back to that other person, they're like, Hey, I talked to so-and-so and that person doesn't like you or whatever. They're just going to be the ones that's talking shit. And you're the one who just was like friendly and super cool. So like to that person, they're yeah. going to be like, well, that guy's negative. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Bingo. So yeah. Just like never, never give a reason for anybody to talk shit. And I don't know. I've kind of always, and the thing is, is that 99% of the things that you do in the industry, you're not going to get paid for, but it still feels good helping everybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you leave a trail of goodness, man, it's never going to do you wrong. I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like, you know, especially with music. I mean, people always say it's a dog eat dog world, man. I've, I've noticed that like, even back in the, my touring days, like, you know, we would play with different bands and Hey, Hey, we want you guys to, you know, we have a massive crowd tonight. We want you guys to open for us. And then we'd go on the road and open for them when they had a massive crowd. And it was like helping each other out. And I think music can be a community. And I always think like, man, like, like, you know, collaboration over competition. I mean, that's always a beautiful thing, man. And, and there's, I think sometimes we look at like, like, like there's only this amount of gigs in the world or this only, there's only this amount of placements in the world when it's like, no, like, dude, there's like, there's like so many, and there's enough to go around. And I think, the, you know, when you get that mentality, it changes everything. Yeah. I think the pie is growing and like the people who see it, yeah, see it. And then the people who are just like, I'm fighting over somebody else. It's like, well, you're never going to eat much, you know? Um, you know, I think like also 
just talking about sync, I mean, like it's, we can go for production. It can go for sync. It can go for anything, but, um, just the idea that like, you shouldn't, like, if you have a really good career established, you shouldn't have to fight people for gigs, like, like over the same gigs. Like, you know, if, if there's like, uh, let's say you're in a cover band, right. And there's a couple bars in town, right. And you're mm-hmm. always fighting over the same place to to play, you know, and it just gets annoying. So a lot of people can't get consistent gigs or whatever. Your your whole strategy shouldn't be my competition is this other artist. Your action right. should be my competition is the restaurant and the bar that has nothing going on and people are bored. And how could I help? And that's mm-hmm. 99% of the market, you know? Wow. So it's like... Yeah. Even like, that's how I always thought about production is like, people were like, well, producing is so saturated. You can't get gigs because everybody's producing. And Mm -hmm. I've always, my, always my opinion was my competition is not other producers. My competition is an artist who is learning guitar, is playing guitar, makes a okay song. And they're, they have the realization of, oh, like, how could I, how can I make this better? And then it's, they, they download logic and they're just inundated and they're so confused and they hate it and they don't want to be part of it. That's my competition is like that yeah. awful experience. So like, I never had issues getting work and I still don't, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's just plenty to go around. Yeah. Cause like most people in music, I mean, if you think about it, most people that pursue music, I'd say 90 plus percent have never really like been in the music community say less mm-hmm. than 10% of people who actually want to go after music are, are actively in music communities and like, feel like they're part of <laughs> an industry, whether independent or major, you know? Yeah. So your competition is not somebody else. It's usually just your prospect, like your customer not doing anything. That's it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the things that's been really special about that pitch is that it really is community based. I mean, like people get on there and encourage one another on the Facebook page or I mean, man, I've had people like email me, reach out to me. We obviously we've had like the meetups in Nashville. And, yeah, dope. Uh, I kind of get to see people face to face. And I can't I mean, wait that's for more just of those, really bro. <laughs> I know those are really great yeah. times. And I still have friends from those moments, you know, and so it's yeah. just really cool to realize that like, yeah, like I think. You know, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. Like <laughs> they may have been they may have been like competitors on the basketball court, but man, they pushed each other to get better and better. Yeah. And what's really funny is like there's this legendary story about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird when they shot that McDonald's commercial where they're like, you know, like they're playing uh, pie out in the, the the yard and like he's like off off the backboard, off the grid, and, and and they're like, you know, they're obviously from such different backgrounds, from different playing styles, but they came together to make that commercial for McDonald's. And then there was this moment where they couldn't shoot because of the weather. Yeah. And so they, uh, Magic Johnson's mom, I think invited Larry Bird over for dinner or something. And they became like best friends. Ah, and like, awesome. they, they sat at the table and just realized they shared stories till like midnight. And it was just one of those things where it's like, so cool to well, see that you can fuel each other to get better. Yeah. And like, if you even think of licensing, cause I still think, you know, most people don't really understand sync or music licensing. Everybody just thinks it's, you know, music supervisors and that's it. And I was, I was just on a sync panel a couple of days ago and I did this event and it was really cool. I was with um, three other people who were like all doing sync full time and it was really dope. And even the, 
like what we were all talking about is, you know, they're all awesome. Like I, I love all of them. They're great, but it was very like traditional, get tight with a music supervisor, fly out to LA, meet them and, you know, cozy up over 10 years. That's awesome. But I had to like consistently restate to the crowd, Hey, that's like one way to do it. I'm kind of in this other corner of, of sync, which this yeah. is, in my opinion, <clears throat> this is where everything's going. We work mm-hmm. with, you know, music licensing companies, YouTubers, podcasters, you know, all these film directors that just make stuff on your phone instead of major motion mm. film, you know? So yeah. like, I, I think it's in a couple of years, it's going to be a similar situation where, you know, if I'm a producer, I'm going to tell, you know, the artist that I'm working with to work with this mix engineer and then work with that mastering engineer and then like work with this PR agent, you know, I think Mm -hmm. in the future, what my goal is, is like, Hey, I am like, I'm the, I'm the man with classical music. Like, this is my thing, but (laughs) talk to my buddy, Curtis, he has Mm -hmm. this catalog. This would be absolutely insane for what you need. And like, that's, I, I don't think it's, you know, there's a, there's a blue ocean, meaning like there's so much out there and, you know, it's been traditional where everybody's fighting over the same fish, you know, it's a red ocean where everybody's like killing each other for this stuff. And I just, Mm. you know, if you think of, uh, you know, how many music supervisors are, are, are like really active, like really, really active. I'd say there's like less than a thousand, like really active, just doing the thing. I'd say, you know, mm. arguably less than 500 real, like active ones. And then think of how yeah. many musicians are, but then think of how many YouTubers there are. Right. Hundreds right. of millions. Yeah. You know, how many people are on Instagram? How many people have a business profile on Instagram? How many people have a podcast? Mm-hmm. Those are all your customers. Yeah. You know? So I just like, I'm really excited because I, I think the future is going to be really, really cool. A lot of, collaboration and a lot of just like continuing for everybody to help each other. That that's our goal with that pitch is kind of like spearheading that of like, Hey, there's a lot of money out there. Let's just help you connect into it. So, yeah. And I think you guys do that really well. I mean, there's just so many opportunities and you're adding clients and getting people more chances to pitch to. And I think it's just going to keep growing, man. The best is yet to come. I think my man, yeah, we're we're excited yeah, about the the new platform. So hopefully it'll be out in October. We're we're shooting for that. But I think that's gonna let's go. I think everyone's gonna freak out with that. It's gonna be really cool. Um that's anyways, right. well listen, um I've talked your head off. Let's listen to <laughs> a track that you just placed. Uh, yeah, that works for you. Um so before we play it, so again, you know, you've uh obviously you, you make a lot of different music all very, very well, but um, this was a solo piano piece and, you know, your bread and butter has been CCM music, but it's cool because <laughs> this is a kind of a subgenre in a way, something that could be applicable, um, derived from that larger genre, uh, yeah. that you're great at, you know? Mm. Um, mm. I think people don't take that in consideration. They think like, uh, you know, if you only do pop tracks or you only do acoustic guitar or... Well, if you do acoustic guitar, you could probably figure out some classical stuff or folk stuff. You know, there's mm-hmm. a there's a lot of stuff that you can mm-hmm. do from, you know, 
your skills. And anyways, it's just cool because you landed what three of these this month? What did you do? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hell yeah. yeah, I mean, on, honestly, like like a lot of a lot of the CCM music and even like worship music is so much improvisation. It's a lot of ad lib on the fly. You know, you'll you'll just kind of flow on the piano for. You know, I, I did this thing yesterday for an hour long. I just sat at a piano and played while people came in and prayed and meditated. And uh, so I think you do that enough. You just really learn how to create on the piano. Um, and that's really what's been able to translate into some of the stuff with solo piano and classical with that pitch. It's awesome. All right. Well, listen, yeah. we'll listen to this. Uh, and then, yeah, cool. Here we go. Uh, this one is called Unlock. Love it. Yeah. So I think a reason I'm just going to give my, my two cents. Um, you know, obviously I'm not the client who chose this. Um, but I, you know, talk to the client every day. So (laughs) I have a really, really good understanding of why they likely picked it. Um, and why this is just licensable in general. Um, firstly, it's, and I mean this as a compliment, it's like very basic. Like it's, it, it, yeah. it has pocket, like how you would tell a drummer, it's got <clears> pocket. <throat> it's got a simple mm-hmm. motif. It just does that, gets stuck in your brain, but you could still have like some dialogue over it. You could have any sort of scene over it. There's not much else going on. You have like an A part. Uh, you kind of have like a, so you have like the, I'd say the, I'd say the verse, honestly, is probably the, the first part. You have like a nice sort mm-hmm. of pre-chorus, uh, kind of build into a chorus, very short post-chorus slash vamp mm-hmm. back into the verse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, towards yeah. the end, I thought it was cool because you resolved. You had, um, mm-hmm. without getting too music theory nerdy, um, you know, <laughs> most of most of the track had tension. And so yeah. you had a couple couple times where it resolved. So if somebody wanted to put in that part instead, um, mm-hmm. this is just as far as like music goes for the sake of utility, which that is what music licensing in sync is, is you're not the star. This is supposed to help somebody else, right? Support. Yeah. Support right. something else. Um, this was just, I mean, th- this was a, a great piece to just use. Like th- there's, mm. you really just have building blocks that any sort of filmmaker, could easily use. Um, and there's, again, it's just, it's very simple. There's just so much pocket. And the thing is like, I, you know, grew up with piano. I'm, I primarily consider myself a drummer as far as like, uh, that's like what I went to school for, but like, um, piano was my primary instrument growing up. Um, and Mm. I would imagine like how, how long did you, I mean, really like how long did it take you to make this (laughs) half hour? You cook it out. Oh man. 20 minutes. Right. I think. Right. And I don't mean that like yeah. as a, as a diss, it's just like, yeah, I said like half no. hour. It's like you, um, did you record this? Like I mean, that's a, the thing. Yeah. Like I, I, I literally will, I, I'll get something in my head, uh, and I'll go up to the piano and just lay it down, pick out some sounds that I think complement the, the vibe of it with this particular one. I think I was, I think I was like listening to a Spotify playlist that you guys connected to the brief. And I just kind of noticed they, that a lot of it had like that waltzy kind of feel. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I kind of just put my spin on something and I, I had some chords and some structures that I was farting around with. So I just kind of like put that together and I found some really great piano tones. I use a lot of stuff from like Una Corda. Oh, nice. Um, I use a couple of things from Spitfire, a couple of things. Love Spitfire. From, uh, yeah. All the contact stuff. And, and, you know, I've got some, some other sounds that I've been working with, but man, I, you know, it's, it's super simple. It's repetitive, but it's got that theme. It kind of sticks in your head, but it doesn't step on anything. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't st- like you're never, if you're a, you know, this, you know, playing at church every weekend, the last thing you want is a drummer doing too much, you know, like, yeah, again, like I, so I used to, again, I'm Jewish, but I would sub for my, for my friends, uh, like at their church gigs, you know, if they were on a trip or like, um, I subbed like for this massive, uh, Easter Sunday, there was like five or 6,000 people there or something. And I got a call at five in the morning. Uh, oh my. <laughs> and, um, those are always fun. Well, it was, it was funny because like, I, I didn't know anybody there. And so I just wanted to preface them. I'm like, Hey, like, just like, like I'm totally down. Like, you know, this is it, for, at, for drumming on CCM. <laughs> it's very easy. It's just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You just don't play much. Everything's a build, and then you just watch for the cue. That's it. Yes. But it was it was a funny story because the hand signals. Right. And so um, I I I said to them on the phone, I was like, "Hey guys, like, um, I just want to let you know, you know, prior to hiring me, like, I'm Jewish." And they and they were like, "Oh yeah, like, no no problem." I'm like, "No no 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 no, like, I'm not Jew for Jesus. Like, I'm Seinfeld Jewish." <laughs> They were like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. No, please come. We would love to have you. And I was like, awesome. That's uh, awesome. But it was, I love it. It was great. I'm Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, no, they, they were great. Um, but yeah, it's it's funny. Like back to like the drums or backing bands, the whole thing, especially if there's dialogue going on, you got to feel the room. And I think like 
growing up playing with bands, you know, you, you said like you, you toured like there, you had, you have like such a background of, you know, playing music for a certain purpose, not just to show off, so to speak. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. it's like, you can feel the room and like, that definitely shows it translate to production where you're like, a lot of people would have made this track and they're like, ah, maybe I should add stuff. You know, I should sprinkle it. You know, that would impress a client. No, like not having something there is, is a harder thing to do. It takes so much maturity, you know? Yeah. So a lot of times the yeah. less the song has, the better it is. Right. That works out well for me because less is more is my whole yeah. MO in life, man. <laughs> oh, dude, that that's like been my life lately. I'm just trying to eliminate as many things as possible. Like that's it. Yeah. Just like, how can we simplify it? Literally everything. So we can just do the fun stuff, you know? I'm right there with you, so, brother. Anyways, um, what, so two things, um, first, any advice that you have for anybody, you know, pursuing licensing their music career in general, you've been like all over the industry. Um, yeah. you know, obviously you're, a, you're relatively newer in, in sync and licensing, but like mm -hmm, you're killing mm -hmm. it. So like, I don't know. Just like, what advice do you have for anybody pursuing it? Anything in music? Yeah, man. I think, you know, for me, it was interesting. My first, my first, um, I mean, I, I sort of have been doing pitching and licensing and sync stuff, uh, off and on since like 2014, but not really getting serious until 2019. And then, uh, kind of when I discovered that pitch, um, you know, kind of right off the bat, man, had a lot of success and, um, was landing placements every month and then kind of hit a dry patch. And I think for, for me, it was like, I, I kind of had like, um, I don't know, just like a discouragement moment of like, oh man, maybe my stuff's not good anymore, or maybe it's kind of been played. And, um, you know, so I was kind of like, well, let's just keep going. Like, let's just like not get discouraged and stuff. And, and I think what was cool about that is like, now I'm starting to see some things pick up again and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you just got to count every placement as a blessing and not, you know, expect it every month and just, you know, continuously um, try to get better at your craft. I think that's one of the cool things about seeing guys on that pitch that are always landing stuff. Like, you know, I, I love kind of seeing what Ian and, and Daniel are putting out there and like, you know, it's just kind of inspire like, man, okay. Like, yeah, like I need to get, I need to get to it. You know, I need to get on the piano this morning or, you know, it's like I, I once was in a room with one of the great worship songwriters. I mean, this guy has like landed 250 cuts. His name's Jason Ingram. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. And uh, he was, yeah, uh, he was like talking to this room of like 20 uh, songwriters. And he said, you know, you're not a songwriter unless your calendar says you're a songwriter. Yep. And he explained that like every single day from like 7 to 12, he marks off. I'm in the piano room. I'm in the guitar. I'm, I'm writing. I'm, you know, and so I thought that kind of was like a challenge really for people that want to do sync. It's like, Hey, I'm not a sync writer unless my calendar says I'm a sync writer. And so it doesn't matter how busy I get, you know, I try to carve out some time. I've got, I've got the standard little Akai keyboard and sometimes I'm on a plane and I'm putting together an ambient track and some of those have landed, you yeah. know? So, yeah. um, you know, it's like, it's really cool because I think you got to find time. And, and then number one, that, that's number one. But number two, I would say is like, you know, there's there's a period where like it can shift into a job mindset. And I mean, you know, the old quote where it's like, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yep. Uh, I think the same is like with sync, you know, like I just love making music. And the moment that it becomes about 
I've got to land. I've got to, this has to make X amount of money. Um, I mean, I know there's bills to pay and there's stuff, but like, don't let it go out of that love relationship with music. I mean, yeah. cause that's when you're going to create the, like nobody created anything incredible under a massive amount of stress, you know, Dude, like, I, you know, um, I'm guilty of that. Like from my production career to even running that pitch, like, again, I didn't set out to like start, a what we have now where like we paid out like over a million dollars. Like I, I didn't like set out to like do that years yeah. ago, you know? And um, it's kind of funny because I've been surrounded by certain people where they're like super, super only, only business and they don't have like mm. the soul or the taste behind, you know, why are we doing music? And the more time I spend mm -hmm. with, like, I love them. But like, if I spend a lot of time, I start thinking about things that like, I shouldn't be thinking about. I think about like uh, like metrics mm. and like conversion right, right. optics and just like stuff that I really could give a shit about. Like I do not I don't <laughs> care about any of that. Like yeah. I think it's boring. It's so soulless and like I didn't trick myself <laughs> into having a 9 to 5. Like this, you know, like it it you mm -hmm. still have to have the love for all of this and like anytime I just focus on like, it's kind of funny. Anytime I focus on like, Hey, how can it be more, more people like in the licensing world? Like, and how can I help? And how can I just like help the community and like, make sure everyone's landing more placements. It's like, well, we grow. It's just, it's just like, you know, imagine that just yeah. giving a shit yeah. and things work, yeah. like just care about the things that you care about. And that's funny. Isn't it? And that was like, <laughs> that's like producing as well. Like I got my biggest, my biggest cuts, like with future, little baby, baby, Joji, I got my biggest cuts in the year like that I really was just like winding down. I was like, you know what? I can be a little bit more chill on Dude. the hustle with this, you know, that's the same, that's the same, that's the same story with me, man. So I was in Nashville from 2005 to 10. I was on a publishing deal and I, I couldn't land any cuts, mm. man. I was just really stressed out writing with some big country writers and pop guys. And what's crazy is I, I ended up moving to Washington DC to go on staff at this church up there. And I wasn't even thinking about landing any cuts or anything. <gasps> and in my first six months in DC, I got a call from Sony. Hey, your song is on wow gospel. I get a call from this artist with Provident, get a call with another artist. I landed a top 20 billboard gospel song and, and all of it. I wasn't even yeah. trying. So I think there's something to it when like, you're trying so hard to make something happen. Oftentimes it can have a reverse effect yeah. and it squelches your love for the, for the music, it squelches your your creativity, and sometimes you just gotta, you know, in the church world, we we, we say it kind of jokingly, but it's like, hey, let go and let <laughs> God, man. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, just what? remember like why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, there's you know? this, um, there's this. I think it was like in some sort of stoicism book I read or something, um, mm -hmm. but. I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of like the law of the cat or something. And that the premise, okay. the premise is, is that, you know, anytime you chase a cat around, like you're trying to catch, like if you have a cat or something, they're always running away from you. If you mm. put your hand down, you're like, Hey, I need you to move. Like they, they will run away from you. But if you yeah. stop caring and like, you're just like, I don't give a shit and you're just doing nothing. They come up to you <laughs> and they want to cuddle. So I true. Mean, so true. Honestly, it that that's sounds funny. Like, sounds that's like funny. my dating career before I was married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but hey, but you learned. You learned, man. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. So it's 
it, the law applies everywhere where it's just like, you know, um, mm-hmm. at, at the end of the day, I think now, like lately, um, and I'm not going to like blame TikTok. I'm not going to be one of those people, but people see people in allegedly very high places and they're like, oh, that can happen quick for me too. You know, whatever. Right, right. But what people like don't ever take into account is like every single career was just built brick by brick. You know, mm-hmm. like my, my, mm-hmm. what I would consider like my main mentor in the music industry right now, he started his business like 14 or 15 years ago. And before that he had his own label for like years and, you know, shit didn't start popping off until like a couple of years ago, you know? And that's it, man. It's, it's, you know, it's just boring. And that's the good part about it. It's just, you, what's, what's the saying? It's like, um, Chuck would carry water, you know, Chuck would carry yeah, water. Or is that the Chuck would, is it Chuck would? I don't no. know. I, I literally thought you just were giving me two names. Like this guy's Chuck Wood and this is Carrie Water. <laughs> no, but it's like a old say. It's just like you're going to just, oh, chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. Okay. It's just like yeah. you're going to yeah. do the boring shit every day and you just like you build and build and build. 99%. And then you got a house. Yeah. 99% of your career is going to be mundane. You're not going to be doing much that day. You're not going to be in the room with the super cool person. You're not going to get your Grammy nom. You're not going to get your plaque. You're not going to hear, oh my God, dude, you got a crazy royalty check coming your way. Like that's 99% 99 of your career is like just sitting around working on, you know, music, working on your site. Yeah. Maybe if you're lucky, getting lunch with some friends, like, and that's, that's what it is. And like, people need to realize mm-hmm. that, that like, that it's okay. Like, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, one of my favorite, like analogies is the Chinese bamboo plant. I mean, it's like, um, the cool thing is like, you know, you can plant a bamboo tree and y- you won't see anything like you'll water it and it'll get sunlight and all that stuff. The first year, second year, third year. And you're like, man, maybe this was like a dead seed. Fourth year, the same thing. But in year five, a Chinese bamboo tree will sprout up 80 feet in six weeks. And it's crazy because you're like, whoa, this thing came out of nowhere. But what you didn't see was the four years of growth underneath the soil. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the same thing with like a lot of times with music or, or, you know, a lot of times like, man, even the people that you see that's like, oh, man, that was an overnight success. Dude, that was like years of making, you know, even even like (laughs) this is actually really funny. I think you'll find this funny because we had a call not too recently where I I, like let you know everything that was going on and like what we were doing, um, you know, between uh, new clients and like building a new platform. And, you know, this year in that pitch, like I've been just like, you know, uh, like head down working. And it's been like, I wrote an email today that probably took me four hours because it it was just like, you know, technical things that I needed, like for the new site and just like, you know, we built out like not to bore you too much, but like we have like these compliance systems to make sure you guys aren't like committing copyright infringements to protect everyone (laughs) because nobody knows what, nobody knows the fuck they're doing. So I have to do it for you. Right, right. (laughs) Um, Hey, yeah, thanks, Mark. Well, yeah. Um, but like, um, you know, the reason I build that up is like, or bring that up is like this year to me has been pretty boring. 
Like it, there, yeah. there's no, you know, there's no, like you're, you're not seeing the trees like sprout with like new flowers. It's just all roots, you know? And that's going to be normal in, in so many times in your career where it's just like your, your roots are just getting deeper because that's going yeah. to help, you know, the actual tree grow later on. But like most of the right, growth right, in your right. career is not going to be visible. It's not going to be super sexy. Mm -hmm. Most people aren't going to see it. You're not going to get compliments every day. And that's, I think, where the true people show up is when you can remove your ego and like your need to feel important versus like, how can I just help? You know? And, and frankly, like mm -hmm. a lot of my friends mm -hmm. who get like massive, massive deals with like labels or publishers or whatever, you know, they get the deal. And then some, sometimes they have a lot going on after, but I think we both know a lot of people who got a pub or a label deal that like they got basically shelved and then they get, yeah. Crickets, and then they just yeah. get super depressed because they're not, they feel trapped because yeah. like the label's not doing anything to like push them in the middle of everything. They're not feeling super important. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the same time, they don't really have control over building it. It's like, you know, you look, they look back and they're just like, fuck, like I just really wanted validation of getting a deal and now I have it. And mm. like, they, they start realizing yeah. like, I have like other problems I need to work on. Like this is like, mm. I need to work on life. Like I need to work on, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so that's where it's just like, yep. you know, I, I yep. happen to be in music, but like, I just want to help. So you got to find your, you got to find your why. And it has to go a lot further than just music. I mean, that was the thing with our band. It was like, you know, when we were touring. It was always like, man, if we play in front of this many people, then we'll finally make it. Well, then you play in front of that many people and you're like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Like, so you're always chasing the endless rainbow. And, you know, I think if, if you're, if you're, if your why behind everything is tied to a metric or it's tied to a number or success in that, in that format, I think you're going to always kind of end up, it's like drinking salt water. You know, you're, you're getting water yeah. in your mouth, but you're just never satisfied. Yeah. You know? It's like the, you know, cause I, I had been producing since I was in high school and like, um, when I finally started getting like some big, um, no, you didn't. are you good? <laughs> no, don't worry about it. <laughs> No, something was making like a helicopter noise on my desk. And I was like, what is that? And then I realized something was on this keyboard no, down good. here. Anyways. Um, but yeah, like when I got, you know, my first major label credit, that was dope. And I was like, wow, like this is, this mm -hmm. is awesome. And then every single one after that, like, I'm grateful. Like, it's not that I'm not grateful. I'm so grateful, but I wasn't like sulking in my greatness all, all week. I was just like, I had another cool. <laughs> like so it's a lot of times yeah, I'm just like, yeah. forget to post about it. Like I'm stoked about it, but I'm just like, you know, it didn't turn my life Dude, upside down. If you want to throw some of those my way, I mean, I will take them, man. Like, let's Dude. go. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's cool though. Um, but yeah, it's the same thing with licensing. You get your first and you're like, awesome. And then each one you're just like, all right, let's just keep this going. You know, this, this is exactly. It. So, yeah. Keep anyways, it going. um, and then last thing, do you have any pluggables? Uh, any anywhere you want people to go, listen to your music, anything? Oh man, yeah. I mean, it's been really fun. I've actually started, you know, since I've been working with that pitch, a lot of the instrumentals and 
uh, especially the piano and, and uh, acoustic tracks have been kind of taken off on Spotify, man. So you can check it out. Curtis Parks on Spotify. I'm on Instagram at Curtis Parks. Uh, I've got a new, I'm doing another project. It's going to be all uh, strings and piano and really cool lo-fi type beats. That's going to come out later this year. Um, so yeah, man, just kind of keep an eye on that stuff, but it's been super fun. And I think if anything, you know, jumping into this world, um, I've been in it now for a couple of years and it's just really inspired me to just continue to make music that helps people. Um, you know, I mean, like you said, it's, it's been about helping people. I've had so many people reach out and just say, Hey man, I'll put your songs on and it just takes me to a, a peaceful place or a better place. And, um, I think that's the coolest thing is like, I would have never discovered that joy, of music in my life, if it hadn't been for like landing these placements. Oh, and now I'm like really passionate about it and doing uh doing a second album. I did a first album that was all piano and strings called the presence of God. And that that's done really well. And uh, yeah, I'm just excited, man. I always excited to, uh, to continue to make new music and uh, see what's around the bend for that pitch, man. It's been a fun thing to be Dude, a part you're of. You're the best. Love you to bits, bud. What a guy. <laughs> all right. Well, Hey man, oh, you, you too, man. Stop. You too. All right. We're going to close it up for today. Um, again, guys, right. if you want to start licensing your music, go to thatpitch.com and uh, hang out with the crew. And, you know, hopefully we'll start landing you a bunch of shit. All right. Have a good day. Love you. Let's All do right, it. Cool. We're going to stop it. <laughs>